Hello, and welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece manga front to back. I, as always, am the super rookie Texas Hold'em Jacob, joined by my co-host, the magician, Justin. Yo, what is up, guys? Today, we are discussing Wano, Act 1 only, covering chapters 909 to 924, because the whole of Wano is just way too damn long, and it's just con- it's split up so conveniently, why, why would we not, you know? It just makes too much sense. And, as a reminder, that includes me, I've only read Act 1, so again, no spoilers for Act 2 and on. Shout out to that one person on Twitter that asked to make sure he was done with the act. Yeah, so those who are following me, that's actually a good segue, thank you. Uh, people who are following me on Twitter, you guys are fantastic, by the way, for asking, like, have you actually read all of Act 1 yet before I give you this theory, before I ask a question? So thank you all so much. Uh, the two names I want to bring up right now, though, for clarifying a couple things in the last episode um, were, oh God, I had the names. I am a Russian. He clarified, because me being a, a dummy distracted by all things One Piece, goes, uh, you know that guy with the trident in the wall that Stussy was looking at? I think that was just Morley. Because literally the panels after showed the crows of Kanasu or Karasu, and then Sabo in the Night Armor. And I'm just like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Dude, honestly, that part confused me, too. Like, I thought the dialogue was just written weirdly, so I like didn't even pay that much attention. Didn't even mm-hmm. notice Morley's eyes. But, but, yeah, but once he clarified that and the context it was like yeah you know what? you're completely right about literally the panels right after um so yeah thank you for that i am russian and then mr steve brought up an interesting tidbit because i mentioned in the end of last episode yeah. that zunisha had the same eyes of the great Eme, or some say emu but he also they also brought up hey mihawk the great legendary swordsman also has those eyes and i'm just went Okay, wait. <laughs> right. <yeah>. That throw <laughs> that whole theory of like, oh, these are ancient beings theory. I mean, that could still stand. We don't know how old Mihawk I, is. I, I saw that theory or that relevance, the similarity come up recently in, in a couple of fan communities. Mm, okay, okay. I don't hey, see. Hey, maybe Mihawk also sold a uh made it uh sold his soul to the devil to be the legendary swordsman. We don't know his full backstory. I don't know. But either way, the, what does confirm is that whoever, whatever has those eyes, keep track. Because those things might have a really deep connection, old history and so, whatnot. So, thank you, followers on Twitter, for clarifying those for me and bringing that up. Um, I think we should finally jump into Act 1 of the current arc, Wano. Yeah. It took this long, but here we are. Um, Actually, so it feels really fast. It kind of felt fast, probably not for listeners, because we had that little hiatus in the middle there. True. But, but at Sorry. the same time, like, <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Um, but here we are. Um, so right away, Wano starts off with a reminder, right, again, of how the world works. Of how, who gets to be in the world government and who isn't. And I thought this was a very important tidbit, because I'm seeing this theme again consistently, kind of like in Fishman Island, where... You have to pay the quote-unquote heavenly tribute in order to join the government. If you can't, and you're poor, you're fucked. You're, you're gone with the pirates. You're gone with Germa 66. You're gone, you're gone with, you know, anyone else. Slavers, pirates. So... Pay up or this, screw you, basically. Yeah, pay your tithe. You know, pay your tithe, peasant. And unfortunately, that means Wano is caught in this crossfire, which is very interesting that it's considered to be too poor to pay that tribute. Or maybe they just chose not to. Because there are a lot of factors that we learn later on about this island that make you think this shouldn't be a quote-unquote poor country. 
So that makes me think maybe they just chose not to pay the tribute. I think it's but, more the Kaido keeping it isolated intentionally. At this oh, point. no, I mean, I mean, before Kaido. Right? Before Kaido. Because we learned at the Reverie, remember that Wano isn't technically a part of the world government? Yeah, I think it's a part of their isolationist mm-hmm. like, culture, which is probably yeah. referenced to real world Japan. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I'll I don't, I don't think it was... A, I did, at least I didn't catch the implication that it was because they couldn't afford it. Especially because... No, never mind. That's Act well, 2. <laughs> uh, okay, you say there's something in Act 2, but I noticed a couple of bits in Act 1 already. Um, We'll get there when we get there, but... But what it, I did it basically notice, it is a part of what you were saying that this place does seem that it should be relatively prosperous. Yeah, it should it should not be like the low end of like the way that um Marco and uh Cat Viper describe it, where it's like too poor. But that lore tidbit is still interesting because it makes you almost wonder, like, yeah, is the world government completely worldwide? And the answer is actually no, the poor countries aren't. So it's like, ooh, okay, well that makes sense. Fucking pay your tribute or, you know, get lost to the pirates. Uh so, again, we saw this back at Fishman Island, so immediately I'm going, okay, we're getting, like, you know, we're getting, like, this struggle here going on again. Uh, we immediately get a roadblock as well, where it's Cat Viper. I can't remember his actual name. Um, I know you hate the term Cat, cat I, Viper. I don't like it. <laughs> but I, I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> hit the first kind of his name, so. Yeah. <laughs> As you roll your eyes and cringe. <laughs> um, they hit their first roadblock where part of their job is they're trying to recruit Marco from the Whitebeard Pirates. And Marco immediately going, I can't. I have to protect Whitebeard's old hometown because I'm worried that... Uh, shoot, what's his name? The uh, Weevil. Ooh. Yeah, Weevil. Uh, Weevil and oh, Edward fucking... Weevil, right. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was getting mixed up with Edward and Weevil, so my mind was thinking... Evil? No, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Weevil and Bucken are going to come around and try and inherit the island because they know this was Whitebeard's home. And we get that extra tidbit where the people from these islands that are poor, they end up as orphans and they end up being either Arlong, right, Hody Jones, or they end up like Whitebeard, where they try to be honorable to at least the places they grew up from, right? But they're still pirates. So we get that very interesting bit where it's like, yeah, so the world government just leaves behind all these extra nations because they just can't pay their holy, their heavenly tribute. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. But that's why. Incentive. Mm hmm. And then that's why Marco here is doing everything he can to protect this place. We even get that little sentimental moment where, like, you know, he's trying to hold back tears. He's talking about how White Bear was always a cheapskate, right? It was a very touching moment. It really humanized him. Where he was talking about how much of a cheapskate Whitebeard was, but the crew always tolerated it because he knew Whitebeard was always sending those ec- that extra money he saved to the village that he was protecting. So I'm like, all right, all right, all right, we got someone to hear. What a guy uh, Whitebeard was. God, he was in the series for so little, and I still remember that fucking Seriously? absolute lad. <laughs> Literally less than 20 ch- chapters, I think. Or 30, mm-hmm. right? Marine Ford's like 30. And even then, man. And but the, the, he left such an impact. And the tragic part is his legacy is left behind by Blackbeard because he has the power and he's taken over that territory. Uh, Marco is doing everything he can to protect that little bit left. But the main tidbit that's important is that he tells Cat Viper um, he has to deliver a message to Luffy. I'm pretty sure we aren't told what exactly what this message is. So that's like a little thing to keep on the, the back burner, you know? Like, remember, uh, Cat Viper has a message for Luffy from Marco. Which might not be a, like a very clear no, but maybe like, hey, if you do this thing, I'll help you out. Probably like, you know, take care of Weevil or to avoid Weevil. I don't know. So that was that. 
Oh, did we ever get the name of that island? I actually was looking back at those pages. So. I don't think we ever got a name for that. I'm sure it's like, I don't know if it's revealed or actually or not, because I know this is the current arc now. I can't be like, hey, what's the actual name? I know it's revealed later on, but can I just get the name? And probably at this point, you're <laughs> like, I actually don't know. We're at the current arc now. <laughs> yeah. Um. So after that, we finally get our entrance to Wano. And we don't get to see Luffy's side yet. We see the other half, right? Who already got their Wano. And they're trying to blend in. They're trying to hide because Orochi... Uh, yeah, Orochi, the Shogun, he has spies everywhere, right? I really so, liked the like, little reintroduction of the Straw Hats. Kind of seeing how they're getting along in Wano. Oh, absolutely. And they all, you know, are doing their own best thing. Like, Frankie's in construction. He's so good that his... Uh, <laughs> that his, like, his workbuster is, like, going like, Hey! You over there! Yeah? Terrific work! You're gonna accept this raise whether you like it or not! Thank you, sir! <laughs> um, and then, probably my favorite is Usopp being the fucking snake oil salesman. Toad, toad oil. Like, I'm just, like, rubbing my eyebrows and face hey, hey, I'm no, also snake laughing. snake oil, that, that's a totally different thing. And that's, like... That's our version. It's a real life. It's a oh yeah, oh, yeah. right, right, right. West. This right. is Snake very oil. effective. Completely real. Totally. Oh yeah, totally real. Totally. You have a what's Usopp's fake name in this? I I didn't keep Usohachi. Uso Usohachi. Yeah. <laughs> this is Toad Oil. It's completely real. It completely works. It heals all wounds. It cures cancer. It cures everything. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, Usopp. Well, at least he's maybe making some money on the side to help out. <laughs> I'm. I um, want to see or hear the number of how much money he made selling Toad Oil. I would uh, like to know. I mean, as long as he's as long as he's ripping off the people up above, I'm just like, all right, well, you know. <laughs> um, and then you have a uh, probably the the best infiltrated one is a uh, Robin as a as a very classical uh, geisha dancer, where she's got the full like kimono outfit, she's got the makeup on. Um. And her yeah, name is actually does. not like her name is not like you know a part of her name and add like a chan at the end. It's actually like uh, what's it called? We just mix it uh, around the letters. No, well, no, hers is it's like it's almost the same name but added with an honorific. Like the O is like an honorific with the beginning, so Odobi. Yeah, it's it's very similar almost to her actual same. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah almost, almost like you know Kingdom Hearts character, <laughs> and uh, without the X. But unfortunately, the worst one, of course, uh, being Zoro, he can't really. He, t- I'll give him he tried. Just, just he tried. around drinking. Yep, yeah, he tr- he, yeah, he tried to blend in as a Ronin. But unfortunately, um, the agents, right, they caught him wielding a callback to Thriller Bark that I knew was going to be a, a thing here, which was, hey, you got a sword from an ancient samurai. Uh, Shuisi? What was that the sword? Shusui. Shusui, okay. That's the one he picked up from Ryuma, who was from Wano, mm. if you remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah, back from Thriller Bark. The, the Ryuma thought, zombie, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, right away, Zoro's like apologizing ahead of time to like even no one who's there because like, hey, I'm not letting anyone take my swords. <laughs> it's like they're trying to like tell Understandable. him. Understandable. Like, and he did so with like what, like a butter knife? Like he did it like with a very small dagger. Yeah, it was like the type of dagger. Uh, but I don't know it, what it's called. The one you're supposed to commit seppuku with to, to gut yourself. Yeah, like a there's a word for it. I just it's escaping me. Right, it's a traditional blade, but he does his swordsman thing, apologizes. And then, yep, Zoro's on the run. He's not really infiltrating too much. He's not laying low. But, yeah, you know, maybe it's better for him to do this way. He likes to travel around anyway and get lost. And, actually, it actually works in his favor later on. But, until we get to there, we cut back finally to Luffy's crew. And, right away, we get our... By the way, I think it's a good time to mention it. Wano, as an aesthetic, as a setting, 
deeply inspired by traditional classic Japanese art from the uh, Edo period, where it is completely beautiful. It's nature focused. Like when the Thousand Sunny is sailing across, like the, remember the quote unquote crazy waters that Kinemon uh-huh. talked about? You literally have a panel where it's just the Great Wave by uh, the artist uh, Hokusai. It's um, beautiful. Yeah, art. like actually, like a shout out to that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, some of the people we meet later on, like when we see uh, Kinemon's wife, she's drawn like the traditional woodblock characters that have like, you know, just like the, the pale backgrounds, but they have like the very curvy face and skinny and, necks. And it kind of elongated as well, like sh- shaped body and face. Mm-hmm. Mixed in a bit with like uh, Oda's own style. Uh, that artist, the, the artist I found was uh, Toyokuni with his traditional woodblock. He's not the only one, but he's the notable name I found. And then you also have very, like, uh, traditional, like, uh, spirits and animals. Like, there's always, uh, we see, like, baboons later on on the beachhead. We see, uh, I looked up forever, but I think this is the name of the spirit, like, the Komainu, the Komainu. It looks like a boar slash dragon kind of thing, like a, like a pig snout a little bit. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it was on the beach fighting the, the, ba- the monkey with the sword, the katana. Yeah, you talk, uh, Komachio. That's like oh, Thomas Dog. Okay, okay. Because I couldn't find a name for it because I was thinking, like, what's that legendary boar or dragon that looks like this i couldn't find it for the longest time but the long the closest term i could find was komainu uh what was the term you said his name is komachio he is a komainu okay 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 so i got that term right okay because i was looking around for terms i'm just like i think i got it um but yeah so that unfortunately as we mentioned those the crazy waves and the crew gets separated they get like they get uh they get uh luffy gets beachheaded with the uh, thousand sunny uh after they try to hitch a ride on some like giant fish, some carp fish. I thought they were koi fish at first, but no, they're carp. Um, and then they get separated from like a whirlpool, and Luffy <laughs> pulls. Uh, I pulls a little like you can't just say that moment where he sees like again like the animals fighting on the beach and goes an animal carrying a katana. Okay, this is definitely Wano. I'm just, <laughs> you can't just say that. <laughs> but I also go, yeah, he's right. <laughs> it's in this. He's just right. This right. Um, a little key tidbit, tidbit that I did notice here. The crew has no idea about Big Mom and Kaido's alliance. And Oda gave us a little tidbit that they could have found out with the paper. But I think there's a little like comedy bit where Sanji and Chopper were cutting out pieces of the newspaper. And uh, Nami couldn't read the full news. So that little lore tidbit is going to surprise all the Straw Hats when that comes to fruition when Big Mom shows up. Oh, so, yeah. keep... so no one's aware of that. Maybe people on the island, like, you know, the uh, the Usopp path, because they still read the paper, as we le- read later on in this act. But until then, we don't know. Um, so at this point, we get a series of introductions, little characters. It's a, like a little five-chapter fun adventure where we get mixed in with uh, some of the new characters, right? Uh, Luffy fights off some of uh, Kaido's officers that are patrolling the beaches. Yeah, we get to uh, meet Tama. Yep, we get to meet a little girl named Tama, who actually has a connection to Ace, of all people, where when he visited the island, he left a promise, when I return, uh, I'll make sure that you'll eat, like, all the food you can until you have a full belly, right? He left that, uh, that look-go-away promise. But unfortunately, Luffy tried to give her the news that, unfortunately, he's, he's dead. Like, he was brunt about it, and she refused to believe it. Um, unfortunately, we I also learned... Yeah, I... Definitely. But at this point, it's also a good time to bring up that that it definitely seems that Oda for this arc is going for an environmental message slash like lost romanticization theme because 
this is when we start seeing a lot more panels of like, okay, you saw the core of Wano, right? How beautiful and cultural it was. Like the main tree that hold like that held like the main castle was shaped like a moon crescent. That's really cool and like almost like a fairy tale. Like it was fantasy like. But then you see the ugly outskirts, and it looks like the Pride Lands after the time skip in Lion King, where it's just barren wasteland. Totally. And you see the factories on top of like these beautiful curved hills that the artists of like the Edo period, like I mentioned, love romanticizing, where it's like, here are the hills, here are the trees, here are the clouds. But now we see like just brutal, like just de romanticization, where it's just the factories polluting everything, it's ruining the fish, ruining the water ruining the land and later on when we re- reunite with Kinemon, he remarks going like this is wano 20 years later and it makes me curious and I, that's why i brought that term up with you justin uh if you knew about it which was the major restoration period where this was a very radical changing time for japan's history where like after 200 years of isolation like they were like relatively peaceful it was an artistic period People were still locked within their classes, but, you know, people were able to live amongst their lives. The worst conflicts were, like, local samurai brawls, um, skirmishes. But during, uh, once they opened their borders, because, you know, well, you know, hi, Americans. Americans came by and were like, open your borders or we're going to take over. And then, uh, that was like, I think it was Captain or Admiral Perry. I forget the guy's name. And during this time period, Japan, like, quickly industrialized like 200 years worth of technology in 20 years and culture they adopted western clothing western standards but that meant people suffered more at least from some people's perspective like if you're a samurai for example you lost your prestige and privilege right because you're no longer a warrior class you were just join the military or be a worker in the factory your choice right so and here we see from a perspective of samurai like kimimon right who are looking at this like we're losing the the innocence, the beauty of nature with these factories, with Kaido, right? So it's a little mixture of like historical rele- relevancy to in the story that Oda's trying to portray here, right? Where it's like it's a pro-environmental slash like the death of romanticism. So I'm very curious where this goes on because he's Oda's hammering in, right? These factories, these um Kaido's business is definitely not only killing the people here, making them suffer, but it's killing Wano itself. So we'll see how this goes. I don't know how it'll be incredibly front loaded as it goes on, or it'll be consistent throughout, but I definitely saw this. Like, this was not like subtle at all. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's as pretty, it goes on. it's almost one for one, if you will, wherein like the outside force has come in to Wano and industrialized it, which is Kaido in this case, but. It's hard to ignore mm-hmm. that, you know, comparison. Yeah, he is the ruling leader. Like, Orochi is the ruling leader. He is industrializing it. But rather than um, looking at it from a positive perspective of, like, look, we're industrializing. Look, our economy is booming now. It's from the perspective of, like, people from down below, right? And the samurai who are like, no, our people are dying in the factories. Like, there's a panel, like, at the very end of this arc where a worker, uh, a guy is forcing, you know, the people of uh, Okeboria, Okeboro Village. It's, like, one of the main... That if you if you want to live, hit that steel. If you want to rest, I'll kill you myself. And I'm just like, yep, that's about right. <laughs> that's about right. <laughs> so yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. So Oda is not holding back on this, and I can't wait to see more. Because again, like this kind of stuff where it gets a little political slash historical accurate, I'm just like, I'm getting Fishman Island vibes at the very beginning. I'm just like, oh, is he gonna go in for it? Is he gonna go for it? God, I hope so. <laughs> but either way, it also feels personal because this is J- uh, Japan's history personal uh so it's uh personal for oda 
Um, while we're going on, though, we also get, like, some costume changes, right? Luffy gets his kimono, right? Is that a kimono that he's wearing? Yeah. Or, or just a garb? Um, looks great. a kimono. Looks great. Um, while he, Tama, and the the beast, right? The animal that they rode on. The mystical creature. Uh, they... <laughs> Zoro is doing his thing, being lost because he's running from the police, but he's also like you know helping out strangers. He looks great, by the way. Zoro looks great. He's in his element. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Because I always thought that his traditional look was missing something. Like I was a bit too classic, bit too bland. In this one though, he's got like actual patterns on his clothing now. It's a bit heavier, and I'm like, he looks like a rodent now. And he's got like the gourd where he's constantly drinking. <laughs> yeah. Now he's the he's your traveling drunk rodent. With the he... top knot and everything, Zoro, it fits him. It's just working. Yeah, it's definitely fitting in this case. Um, also an important little tidbit too that was kind of brushed off after like the first three chapters. Luffy has the other Kitetsu cursed sword that he just picked up from uh, Tama's care- caregiver, carekeeper. I, uh, I yeah. Uh, wow, his name is escaping me too. Hitetsu. Hitetsu. Okay. So, by the way, I do apologize in advance. There are so many names and locations in this arc. Even though I wrote them, wrote them all down, I'm gonna forget them so easily. This arc is front loaded with <laughs> names and people. So I'm just like they'll that forgive guy. you. That guy. <laughs> hey, I remembered Kitetsu. <laughs> Kitetsu too. I remember that. Um, but the funniest part is when Luffy and Zoro are teaming up against like uh, the first wave of other officers. With Hawkins? Uh, I think it was before Hawkins because they're fighting a few guys before he showed up himself. But they're having a little moment where uh, Luffy is like, oh, I'm going to fight these guys with the sword. And Zoro's like, you're not a swordsman. Just give it to me. Besides, that's a cool sword. I want it. Give me, give me, give me. And then Luffy instead just does this punch but the sword is still his hand, so they get hit by the hilt before the uh-huh. fist. And he's not even using the blade. That was good. <laughs> and Zoro's just like, you're not even using it right. So I can Zoro's imagine him- like, yo, let me, let me get that. Every second you're fighting Luffy, I'm dying on the inside. Okay, give me the fucking sword. <laughs> you're wasting it. And I'm concerned, t- but now I'm concerned going like, wait, Zoro, if you use two cursed swords, are you still going to be okay? Because you've been okay so far with that first cursed sword back from uh, Lockdown. You sure you're okay with two? If he really gets it? Like, I guess we'll find out, shit. Um, that we will. Yeah. So they do have a skirmish with Hawkins. Um, he has a very interesting fighting style, which is almost completely luck-based, because, you know, he's drawing cards and doing his fortune thing. Um, he's, Such an interesting devil fruit power. Yeah. But More what, interesting was, every time it appears, really. Actually, yeah, because of all the super rookies, he was the one I cared about the least when we were introduced to them back at Jibodi, because I'm just like, oh yeah, okay, you're just the mystical one. Okay, whatever. Um, but now, we're showing off a bit of his power, and he can summon, like, it, I don't know the name of, like, the spirit, but it's, like, a giant, like, ancient samurai with, like, the, the headdress and the mask, but, like, a scarecrow at the same time. That was, it was, like, a stand user, almost, but with, yeah. like, I don't know the name of that figure. I feel like I've seen it before. That should have a name, but... Yeah, it does, and I also am, am spacing... Listen, there's so many names. <laughs> there's so many character traits and names. We're going to forget a few. I'm sorry. But yeah, that was his stand, basically. Um, I need dope. to watch JoJo. Um, <laughs> and they retreat for now, right? They retreat. They manage to get away. They run into, I think, Suru. Again, one of the characters. That's the Kinemon's wife. That looks Kinemon, like the yeah. classical art. Um, and they also run into uh, a character named Kiku. 
who we later hey. learn we later learn is a samurai, but Let's she's go. in hiding. Yep. So I love Kiku, man. She's dope. I wonder why. Uh, spoilers, <laughs> yeah, I guess. That <laughs> spoilers, I guess. Um, I think she's. I think like as uh, like character design wise, and I really like the introduction as well. I think the anime did it made a little better. I really liked her introduction to the anime, just the the way the line was delivered. The I'm the samurai, and it really hits yeah. right. I think there she does have one great moment where she's confronting a samurai. Uh, sorry, not the samurai, the sumo wrestler later on, where that moment was pretty cool. Um, that happens a little later though. He cuts off. She cuts off his top knot, his uh, his yeah. hair, which she, is she gets down. You know, she she be getting uh, it. So I don't understand the culture, but I saw it before in Avatar: The Last Airbender as well. Is that signifying disgrace if you lose your knot, if it's cut off or something, or like shame? Short story. Or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing it's a big cultural significance. Yeah. Short. Long story short. Basically, kind of. Yeah. Because I know in Avatar they did that as well, although they did it to themselves rather than Kiku doing that to the sumo wrestler guy. Uh, right. So they go to the next town, which I think is Okoboro. Oko. Yeah, uh, that's the leftover town, right? Uh, it's the I, I want to say it's the poor village because there's another village they go to later, like Bakura uh, town, I think, and that's the one that has all the good that has the good farms, where the farms are so plentiful and plentiful and rich, it can feed the entire island of Wano. But because Kaido and Orochi are in power, they're keeping it for the rich, right? And they're giving the leftovers to everyone else. Yeah. Um. So I remember Bakura also because that was a character in Yu-Gi-Oh. Um. But Okaboro, I think, or Oka. I have it written down somewhere. I'll get to it when I get to it. So sorry. Tolerate with me for now, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> People who like just hate it when you get the names wrong, right? Or just like just say the name right for fuck's right. No, sake. you you can. I'm saying you can literally call it Leftovers Town if you want. Oh, uh, okay. I'll call it Leftovers Town for now until yeah, I get that, it. I know. It's, I know it's with an O. That's why I know for a fact. Um, so, they meet Suru, they meet Kiku, uh, Tama at one point is kidnapped by some of the officers, because they think she might have a very interesting devil fruit power, because after all, her devil fruit power, oh, you didn't mention it, her devil fruit power, she can pull off a piece of her cheek, or I don't know if any piece, but just right, a piece uh, of her cheek, Tama. um, feed it to an animal, or as we learn later, even like, uh, an animal devil fruit user, right, someone who ate, like, a devil fruit that they get some like animal powers uh, um mm-hmm. what's the name zoa zone zone because we i don't know she... we don't know if it would work on a zone we do know that it works on the the fake zones okay 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 the smiles right yeah. the smile right the smile users so um so we don't know if it works on chopper or even or, like dalton back i think i think chopper would maybe be an exception because he is technically already an animal like a right. reindeer, so it'd yeah. probably work on Chopper if you. But it, but it probably wouldn't work on Dalton, right? Exactly. The... That's what okay, I think. Okay. That's how I feel at this point. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, because yeah, Chopper is a reindeer. Um. So the officers kidnap Tama because she has that power, and right? They realize, you know, Luf, this guy, he's bothering us right now. Let's kidnap her. Also, kind of bothering us right now. She has this power that could really, you know, tamper with us. <laughs> let's probably let's probably take care of that. Um, by the way, they're trying to look for Suru because, again, Tama drank from the poisonous water because apparently she, uh, drank the muddy poisonous water to try and subdue her hunger because, again, everyone's so poor that, or, you know, they're so malnourished because everyone at Bakura Town, the higher ups, they're going, no, we're going to get ourselves fat and stuffy. You guys get, like, the bones. You guys get the skin, the leftovers. And just like, yeah, that 
fucking sucks. You have to literally re- drink poisoned water to try and subdue your hunger. And she acts a lot like Momonosuke as well when she actually eats for the first time. And she's so thankful. She's crying. Like, oh my god, this is the best thing in the world. And it's just an apple. Right? And you're just like, oh, you poor soul. <laughs> I know. I feel so bad for Tama. Oh my god, absolutely. So... I know I'm messing up this little bit here because honestly, it's it's a little it's a little side bit. It's it's the beginning of Act One. Um, the main part is Luffy, Zoro, Kiku, and Tama. Right before she got kidnapped, they went to Bakura Village. Um, Bakura Village. Eventually, Luffy does fight the sumo wrestler uh, Urashima. Right, Urashima. Yeah, Urashima. Uh, we get that scene again where Kiku uh, cuts off the top knot because he w- wanted to marry her, ask for her hand in marriage, and she just kept saying no. <laughs> and of course. <laughs> And of course, Urashima had like a bunch of yes men around him going like, but dude, you're so prestigious. You're so rich. You, you can't say no. So just take her. <laughs> and of course, it doesn't work out because she's not just some defenseless little girl. She is a fucking samurai and will cut off your fucking knot and embarrass you. Damn right. And then we have <laughs> and then we have a very hilarious moment where Luffy challenges him with Summer Wrestler match. And at the bottom left corner, where after Luffy is like, yeah, I'm a pro at Summer Wrestler. Let's fucking do this. The bottom left corner, undefeated versus Usopp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> he knows the basics. And then, of course, Luffy does his Luffy thing, right? Beats Urashima. It seems pretty close at first. And the streak continues. They don't undersell him. He's still undefeated. That is true. He he went from beating Usopp nonstop to actually beating the best sumo wrestler in Wano. Well, allegedly the best sumo wrestler in Wano. And um, we get that. Uh, I think another officer who was in charge of protecting Burkura Town, uh, Hold'em, shows up. He yeah. threatens Tama, right? Going, you know, stop what you're doing right now or I'm going to kill her or, you know, hurt her. Luffy takes care of him very quickly because he's got a soft spot for Tama, right? She's she's his connection with Ace still, right? You know Ace, therefore you're my friend, you're my family. I'm gonna protect you, and makes quick work of Hold'em. Uh, they also manage to steal a whole provisions cart of food and take it back to um, Leftovers Town, like 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 they're a bunch of Robin Hoods, which is very strange because if I recall. Luffy and Zoro were the type of people to go, nah, I'm not a hero. I don't do that shit for free. And yet here they are doing this shit. Well, they get the food. They get some food, too. So that's the reasoning, right? Well, we're going to get some of the food. <laughs> we're going to get some of that food. I guess so. Mm-hmm. So I'll accept it for now. Oh, Okob- o- Okobora Town. Okobori Town. I was pretty close. I was pretty close. And then we get a really cool introduction with, because again, this is the, where all the alliance is supposed to be meeting here. We haven't seen much of Law side yet. Um, they're doing a much better job staying low because, of course, they're super serious. And Law shows up looking like a, a side character from Afro Samurai with the the mask on right. to stop Hawkins from Pause. interfering. Yeah, Law looks fucking dope. Oh hell yeah, he does. <laughs> like it is actually a shame that that design was given to Law, like for his Wano look, because that design belongs to its own character. It should. It, I absolutely 100% agree. Um, the only way you shouldn't waste this is that if there's ever video games in this setting, make that your first alternate appearance for Law, or you're wasting potential for free DLC money. Facts. <laughs> that's, Facts. That, like, that's DLC I might consider paying for if I play the game. Because <laughs> I'm like, dude, that look is really good. And it's so short, too, because he doesn't wear that mask ever again. Exactly. It's like less than a chapter. <laughs> he gets to look that cool. It's like, come on, man. 
Um, so Law does his thing. He helps out. He helps buy Luffy and the others time. Again, Tama gets her food. You get that emotional moment. Luffy also promises Tama, you get, you're going to get all the food once I'm done here, right? That way you're no longer starving every day, drinking poisoned water from the factories. So, awesome, right? That was just a, an awesome quote from Luffy, too. Like, don't even trip. By the time I leave this country, it's going to be rad, basically, it, <laughs> right? Yeah. At this point, you really think, man, nothing, nothing bad is ever going to happen to those two. Like, this is going to be a smooth sailing arc. And and then until I realize until I realize there's still a hundred and thirty chapters to go and it's still ongoing. No, it's gonna be so. easy. We're just gonna we're just gonna waltz in, beat up Kaido. Yeah, that's it. Right? That's Kaido's a punk ass bitch. He's got yeah, nothing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> He's a drunk. This is just like that's... Arlong Park all over again. You walk yeah. in, break down his doors, say fuck you, and then kick him out. Nah, it's gonna be like when he recruited Zoro. They're gonna take out uh, X Hand Morgan in uh, one chapter. It's gonna be completely fine. It's gonna be no big deal. Yeah, and, and Luffy's gonna let Zoro do it. Easy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He, it's not even worth Luffy fighting. Kaido, yeah. get out of here. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um. So basically, now we cut to basically the setup, right? Because that was our first little adventure, right? Set up with some, some side characters. We got a, a good start, right? The heroes win a couple of fights. Um. We see a great setup of further into Wano, the the quote unquote more you know uh, prosperous parts, right? The ones that are nice and fatty and fed, right. uh, with the teachers teaching their kids about like the the incredibly unbiased history of Wano, of Orochi, the savior and hero who defeated the evil Akazaya Nine from opening the borders and defeating the evil Oden. And I'm just like, yeah, it's totally. Also, I was a little perplexed reading this arc, the official translation, on the things mm-hmm. they chose and chose to not translate. Right. I don't understand why they didn't translate that Akazaya Nine to the Nine Red Scabbards, for example. Nine, that's a much better name. Yeah, the Red, Nine Red Scabbards. <laughs> I like Akazaya Nine is a great name. Red Scabbards is equally as good. In my but, opinion, right? That's yeah, one that but, doesn't really lose its effect when it's translated. So why did why leave that one the same when they're changing so much other stuff? I ask myself that every time I listen to an English dub <laughs> of a series like Naruto, where it's like, why did you translate that but not that? Are you are you all gonna have like you know because it's always awkward for like English they've, voice actors. They've definitely to... changed a little bit of their mantra. It seems because I feel like if this was just earlier in the One Piece life cycle, Okobore Town, literally, they would have just translated it to Leftovers Town. But yeah. now they chose to keep it Okobore, which... Okay, okay so my, that's fine. But okay, so my, so my dumb brain just realized what you said. So Okobore literally means Leftovers? Yes. It translates to it? Okay, yes. you weren't just saying that as a nickname. It literally translates. Okay. I think it's because, again, it's supposed to be Huano. It's supposed to be personal. It's Japanese history. So I think Oda, this, I think that's why... At least the translators are thinking, let's keep this Japanese, right, for these terms, because it feels more appropriate because it's Wano. I think that's what their thought process was, but at the same time, mm, Nine Red Scabbards. I mean, that's a pretty good argument, I suppose. Again, real-world complications, right, where it's like, they probably talked about it in the back, where it's like, should we still translate these ones? It feels better if it was not translated, because it's Wano. But at the same time, I'm thinking, like, dude, Akazaya Nine, sure, but Nine Red Scabbards? I know what that sounds like. That sounds like a deadly group. Right? And it has or, more of an implication as well, because you understand it. Exactly, right? It's not people like me going like, what does that mean? <laughs> Just yeah, tilting but my it, head. Regardless. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so we get that, right? So the kids are being fed of why 
being isolated and having closed borders is the best thing in the world. Orochi is great. Kaido is God. All those wonderful things. Um, Robin, again, she's the geisha dancer. She's overhearing uh, intel, right? Some sweet intel from the title is Money Changer. I think that just means like the like the treasurer almost, I guess. Um, the guy's name is Kiyoshiro. He is uh, Orochi's money changer, right? That's his title. But you kind of hear, like, I think it's not even from this guy. It's from another character later on, too, or before, where Orochi kind of has this reputation of being actually weak or paranoid or both. Like, or, like Kiyoshiro, he's straight up just calling him, ah, oh, he's just a scared little pussy, man. Like, because yeah. he's drunk at this point, right? Man, he's scared of this little prophecy from a dead woman. Like, all she said was, like, oh, the, like, the, the actual prophecy he's talking about, like, that I'll, like, in 20 years from now, after the burning of this castle, nine shadows will appear and the dawn will come, right? I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah, close enough. Yeah, and Kirishiro is just going, ah, what a punk-ass bitch, ah, whatever. Like, we're good, we're living good times here. And, of course, Robin's just right there listening to the whole thing. Doing, you know, the Robin thing. And so we get that little real tidbit here. But probably the most significant of the world building is we get to the ruins of Oden Castle, and right away we see some graves. And the graves are of Kinemon, Momonosuke, Kanjiro, and Raizo, and others. Oh, well, that don't seem right. That don't seem right. They're alive, aren't they? And they even play like a little fake out, right? Where they show Kinemon looking like a zombie appearing from the shadows going, Urgh! but then he goes, oh, my stomach's better. Oh, that's water. Oh, Jesus Christ, I forgot. <laughs> I for oh, actually, no, he didn't forget. Right. Because I would think, right, I guess he forgot. He's been gone for a while. But no, in fact, we get a crazy plot point reveal that, by the way, Odin's wife, um, Toki, that right? That's her name? Toki? Um, yeah, and uh, I'll just fill you in real quick. That means time. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so subtlety is out the window, and she has the time time fruit, where in that prophecy she was telling, she was warding right to Orochi and Kaido, she literally sent uh, the nine people, right? The nine scabbards? The nine red scabbards? Which include yeah. Kinemon? Not all nine... Okay, sorry, sorry, I'm getting my people mixed up. So the nine red scabbards are nine threaten are like the nine figures that threaten, you know, the quote unquote stability of Wano, but they're, they're not all samurai. Um, no, no, yeah, that, it was that that's Kinemon and his his group. Yeah. But they weren't all sent to the future. Yeah, yeah. But the people who were sent to the future were the four I mentioned. Kinemon, yes, Momonosuke, yes, yes. Kondro, and Raizo. Um So that's that, right? <laughs> yep. Um that implies a lot, the fact that there's a time-traveling devil fruit. That opens up the possibility for a lot of shenanigans, yeah, quote-unquote, if you will. Yeah, just like with the, uh, remember when we were talking about the op-op fruit, where, hey, maybe uh, that's, maybe Goldie Roger's still alive, and someone, someone of his crew had the op-op fruit back then, faked his death, and then he's gone to, you know, Raftel, maybe. Or, and now in this case, Maybe there's some time shenanigans involved in there, too. Maybe he's still the same age, and he just waited. I don't know. There's all these implications that you could say, you can theorize. I just like the right. op-op theory on that one. But yeah, the time-time fruit, it makes me go, okay, so this is literally... And this is why I brought that up earlier during that restoration part of our discussion, where we literally have perspective of, like, samurai who came from this era, right? This Edo period. 
another witnessing this massive and vast industrialization, which is like the death of nature, the death of what they knew as their way of life, this massive social change to the point where it's disheartening. It's kind of heartbreaking where they see this, right? Especially Kinemon. Um, Momo's a little too young to be affected by this, but Kinemon's like literally looking at this hometown being ruined. Um, but we get also a bit more intel, right, of Odin himself. I'm still, I'm still pissed. It's not Odin. <laughs> it's not. I'm Odin. still pissed. We, I'm still pissed. We don't have our Viking samurai. Come on. <laughs> I mean, we could still get them later. I don't know. But Odin, um, he was the son of the current shogun at the time. He was, he was a troublemaker, right? He was in exile. He went to the most dangerous part of Wano, kicked out the basically the the main criminal leader. He and then mm-hmm. was granted the title of daimyo of that region. Right, was able to build his castle there, and but he was kind of bored, right? He was your your classical like adventurer like Luffy, where he's like, I love Wano, but I don't like this closed border shit. I'm gonna do one of the worst crimes. I'm just gonna sail the seas and escape. He right, eventually... you get you do get a Luffy kind of vibe, like he, just kind of stuck there as, as the strongest person on the island, but unable to leave. Presumably, yeah, he kicks the ass of like the criminal leaders. He gets all the title and privileges that you would think would make anyone proud, and he's like, No, I want more. Like, I want more adventure. I want more fun. Because here at Wano, it's it's a little too peaceful right now. Because this is before Kaido shows up, right? Um, And Orochi becomes the new Shogun. Yeah. Where he eventually sails with Whitebeard. He eventually sails with Goldie Roger. And at least what we're told is that he was executed for the fact that he sailed with Whitebeard. And, you know, uh, exited the borders of Wano while sailing with the most infamous pirate in the world. So, okay. That's why he was executed mainly right but we have to remember kaido was the one who did that so there might be some other implications there too i I would say that was their excuse and it's a valid excuse for them but at the same time it's like no they want to do that because he was connected with goldie roger he was a possible threat to kaido's you know reign his uh possible possible his, his rule um and then back to the present we get like this uh it sounds convoluted but it's not really of, like, their plan where it's, like, we're going to get all our allies and friends here, right? You we're going to mark ourselves. Like, instead of, like, the X's on the wrists back at Alabasta, we're all going to have our mo- our crescent moons on our ankles. And we're also going to find, like, three more samurai to help us out. We're going to give them this pamphlet here that shows, like, you know, two burning birds, a crescent moon, a snake. It basically means attack a hobo port at 2 a.m. during the fire festival, right? And that's, that's basically what it means. And and we got three more names, Kawamatsu, Denjiro, and Ashura Doji. Ashura Doji. Ashura Doji. <laughs> that just that just sounds like a cool name, you know. I think a- I think I think Kawamatsu is a easy name to remember. <laughs> I, I, That's my perspective. I, something in my brain wiring when your name is two separate syllables or like two names that are combined as mm-hmm. one. It's like extra badass in some way. I think his name should have been Asura Doji, because then I would have said that's Asura from Asura from uh, Street Fighter, that's right? Bas- that- that's basically the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I saw the H in there. It's so. just the way they're choosing to spell it is different. <laughs> oh, see, but that's but that's my selfish brain going. But that's not the same though. <laughs> it, it, it's the same. <laughs> it's not though. <laughs> so, and at this point, all right, I'm going to be very controversial here. Okay, I'm going to be super controversial. I'm super sorry. Everyone gets disguises, right? 
Brooke has the best disguise. He looks like a dead corpse with arrows in him. I love yep. that. Yep. I do not like Nami's costume. Really? I'm I don't know if it's super controversial. I think it's kind of lazy. I think personally, because the way I see it, because they call her like, oh, she's a Kanoichi, she's a ninja. But all Kinemon did, because, you know, I know the excuse, right? He's a perf, right? He likes seeing of Nami course. showing off leg, showing off boob. Um, it's a traditional Kinoichi garb, but just lose the pants. And then you got Nami's look. And I'm just like, really? That's it? I mean, everyone else is like the classic garb. We even see a Kinoichi come in with the actual ninja garb. And it's uh-huh. sad, too, because before she got the costume, Nami, too, was imagining herself as a ninja. She had, like, the little the headpiece on. She was like, oh, I'm going to be a ninja. Cool. And then she gets the outfit. And it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm not a fan of it. It's designed by Kinemon. Yeah, I don't uh, like, I don't love it. Don't really dislike it either. It's kind of mid for me. For It's also, keep in mind, too, I don't like it because we're just after Whole Cake Island. And all the outfits in that were S tier. So I'm just like, yeah, this is kind of lazy. And the worst part, too, is I have the other half of my monkey brain going, Kinemon didn't go far enough. He is an uncultured swine, unimaginative, horrible (laughs) person. Because I'm imagining, if you wanted to make a sexy ninja, go to Soul Calibur for influence and go to Taki's design, where she's just wearing a skin-tight outfit, where it's like, you know, throughout her whole body, but there's nothing left to the imagination. So I'm also just like, Kinemon, you didn't go far enough. That poor wife at home is probably so bored. Oh, man. I mean, I'm insulting Kinemon for being unimaginative at the same time. <laughs> for not going far enough. And also, not, be, also not, be, not be creative enough. So I don't know if that's controversial or not. Because I can imagine a lot of people liking this outfit. But I'm just like, not for, it's it's not really for me. Not really for me. Yeah, that's not going to make people want to burn you at the stake, I don't think. No. Like, listen, you want to go full sexualization? Just go the tacky outfit, okay? You didn't do that? You lost me. Just make her a ninja then. You didn't do that? Well, all right. <laughs> uh, we get to meet another, uh, as I mentioned, Kanoichi, a ninja. Um, Shinobu. An old, yep, uh, older woman. She has the uh, seduction jutsu. So at that point, and then we're told that she's going to teach Nami everything she knows. So really, I'm just like, the rule of 34 writes itself at this point, man. Like, it's not even trying. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, I'm going to teach you the seduction jitsu. You're going to have a very revealing ninja outfit. I'm just like, don't we already have Robin in there, though? <laughs> like, infiltrating? <laughs> Do we need another infiltrator? But no, you understand. This is going to be a ninja. And I'm just like, all right. I mean, hey, listen, it can be really fun. I'm just saying, you didn't go far enough, and you weren't creative enough at the same time. So, <laughs> this is me nitpicking. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, we get Shinobu, um, we get the plan in place, find the three samurai, and then Law reminds Luffy, hey, by the way, don't forget, we're gonna take down Kaido, we're, otherwise we're not leaving silent, it's here or now, right? We're here, we're not holding back. Law, again, constantly berating Luffy for being emotional and not calculating. Again, Dante and Virgil from Devil May Cry, it's just the two. <laughs> it's just, I wanna do this. No, you can't, we have a plan in place. And then right when the plan is established, shit gets real incredibly fast. Really? What is it that happens? Well, first off, it's, it starts... At first, you think it's not that big of a deal, but predictable. Uh, Leftover's Town is attacked by a thieves' brigade. Um, the Atamai, Atamayama, Atamayama? Atamayama uh, Thieves' Brigade? Sure. <laughs> it's a lot of syllables. Uh, the Atamayama... Thieves Brigade, led by some dude named Shutenmaru, 
who looks like he's just fat and lazy. He's just laying back on his his mount, right? Uh-huh. The people are going, how dare you steal this from me? And he's just going, ah, there's not a time for heroes. I'm just doing because I can do this. And then Jack, uh, Jack the Drought shows up. That motherfucker survived Zunisha. <laughs> that trunk. He look, he's looking fine considering. He's back in Wano. He's going, but he's not even there to stop the thief directly. He's going, okay, I, you're, what you're doing here, it's kind of fucked up, but that's not my business. My business here is Kaido acknowledges you're pretty strong. He wants you a part of his army, right? If not, then I'm here to kill you because I'm just doing my thing. And then right away, shoots in Maru. You think he's like nothing, right? Because again, he looks fat and lazy. Just uh-huh. does like this quick, like two panel, like, you know, samurai slash in the air where Jack just gets cut straight across his belly. And again, this guy's wonderful. Like what? One and a half billion berries almost or over a billion. Something right? like that. So you, it's an emperor's top officer. It's like, oh shit, this guy is a big deal. He didn't look like it though. But then yeah. immediately, why are we messing around? And then, oh, we also, I, I think I could just say this now. We learn later that, well, he's actually a Shuradoji. He's actually one of the samurai in hiding right now. Uh-huh. Um, we learn this from Kinemon when he sees him walking by later. But while this is going on and the fight is interrupted because motherfucking Emperor Kaido is here and he's a motherfucking dragon. Oh, uh, <laughs> she. So my reaction was just, oh, <laughs> he's just here. Well, and he means business because when I first saw his aesthetic design, I saw the horns, I saw the pelts. I was thinking like Germanic tribe slash, you know, barbarian. Sorry to the, all the barbarians out there. I know it's, it's a derogatory term, but that's what I thought the aesthetic was going for, right? So I wasn't thinking dragon. I was thinking maybe like a steer or bo- uh, like a, an ox, right, like, yeah, like, yeah, kind of like yeah. Dalton, but bigger. Or maybe like, again, like some kind of horse. I don't know. Maybe. Or like a deer or something. That's very Viking connected. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. but it makes sense. We're in Wano. He's a fucking dragon. How, how, is, how, is he so, how is he so powerful? How does he instill fear? He's a fucking dragon. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. Okay, then. <laughs> we will yeah, that, other... that pretty much answers all my questions. <laughs> that do it. And the first thing he says when he's confronting Jack and the thief is just, bring those children to me at once. And I'm just like, God damn, he sees them as kids. He's talking about the straw hats. He's talking about the, you know, the people disturbing Wano right now. Just bring those children to me. That's all they are. They're just kids making a ruckus. Like, God damn. <laughs> so intimidating. Um, We also get like a side effect where Momonosuke is, because they're like sensing or trying to look right at the town from, because, okay, so Luffy and Law are at the town again, right? Because they heard it was under attack. or Right, they ran, like, back. Yeah. Everyone else is still at the ruins of Oden Castle. Um, so they're, one of them is looking at their binoculars, and Momonosuke, he doesn't have binoculars, but immediately he turns into a dragon, like, by instinct. So immediately, that also connects with me. Oh, Momonosuke likely ate the smile fruit that was intended for Kaido. And maybe it was a prototype alpha version, or maybe a perfected version, because Momonosuke doesn't need to keep constantly eating the fruit, right? Because that's what we learned about the smell fruit. You need to constantly right. eat it to remain, maintain your I power. I think, yeah, the, my theory is that it was an attempt to copy Kaido's fruit. Or that too. Okay, so maybe Kaido... Do they establish Kaido if, he, if his is a smile fruit or he actually has the dragon dragon fruit? Well, not yet. 
Not yet. Okay, so that's a mystery. <laughs> not okay. here in Act because, One. They do okay, not so establish whether okay, it's real so because uh, other characters they've established like when you see the officers, right? They always say smile user. They don't say devil fruit user. They say smile user. They really establish that. I will say that though. Thus far, we haven't seen any smile that allows the user to to transform back and forth like free. Yeah, because except yeah, for Momo. Except so, for Momo. So therefore, we assume Kaido has a real fruit. Yeah, so that still goes in line with, like, he must have ate, like, some prototype, like, some uh, above-and-beyond version meant for Kaido, like you said, or a copycat to Kaido to challenge his rule, maybe. Because we know that Doflamingo was trying to, you know, probably break out of what we had with Kaido. Because, you know, that, that motherfucker was ambitious. Um, may, or Caesar Clown, right? Cause, just because he could, because he had ego on Caesar as well. I'm so happy that guy is gone. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me he's gone for good though. <laughs> um but yeah, I that's can all... almost guarantee you he's not. He'll be But back. again, this series is still ongoing and I know I'm almost caught up too. So it's like, well, he's not back yet. <laughs> I can confirm that part. So, yeah, again, the longer we don't see him the better. Um however, the reason why I bring that up that separation is because Hawkins then shows up to the fray, right? To Kaido cuz Kaido is in a just, drunken just anger right now. in Okobori Town. Like, yeah. down. It's, and threatening to do worse, right? And Hawkins and the officers aren't trying to save the town out of the kindness of their hearts. They literally go, no, we need our slave labor from the factories, and Leftovers Town is the best uh, manpower for that. So we don't want him killing the people here. Uh, oh, th- they're at the Oden Castle, totally. He made a total guess, and he ended up being fucking correct in this case. And then, without even questioning too much, Kaido <laughs> just goes, Oh, really? Okay. Just lines up a shot. Just fucking fire blast all the way across the distance. You get that little fake out. Like, of course, they're not actually dead. But you're thinking, oh, my God, all the side characters and straw hats are dead. It was still a sick moment. Don't get me wrong. But no one thought they were actually yeah, dead. Yeah, that attack was terrifying. Yeah, it was a fucking fire blast or whatever. Fire bow from Pokemon is the strongest. It's been a while. Um and then Luffy, of course, without missing a beat, just goes ape shit, gear four, and then flip the uh, page, and then immediately Luffy versus Emperor Kaido. Oh, it's <laughs> chapter 13 out of 130. Or Let's go, baby. 120. <laughs> I guess we're getting a short arc, and everything <laughs> after it is totally a lie. I lied. There ain't no extra accidents here. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all a ruse by the One Piece chapters. fans. It's all the, it's all a ruse by the One Piece fans. Like, oh, actually, it's still ongoing. Why? Everything after it, it we're still kind of figuring out what's going on. Uh, who knows? I, who knows? So Luffy is going ape shit, right? And goes and gets even mad, uh, more mad when he finds out because. There was an officer that uh, Tama influenced with her power named Speed, I think. Yes. That was re- telling Luffy, like, we got ambushed along the way by Kaido. I don't think Tama lived. And we see that very horrifying panel of, like, you just see Tama's hand with a bloody apple. And Luffy just losing his shit. Because, again, another connection to Ace and a broken promise. Just fucking gone. He goes, gear four. Uh, Kaido, seemingly Kaido's on the back ropes, right? He's just taking hit after hit. He reverts back to his human form. Uh, Luffy does his Gatling gun, right? Full armament, uh, gear four Gatling, just taking, just beating him up hit after hit. I'm just like, wow, this is going to be totally not, uh, totally expecting to beat him. Totally no kind of thing. In actuality, I didn't know what was going to happen. I just knew this can't be it, right? It seems too easy. Of course. Kaido just 
gets up, right? Oh, sorry. There was a great moment right before why I, I love Kaido. Sorry, I'm jumping the gun here a little bit. So Kaido, when he first sees Luffy, right, after the first punch, uh, Kaido just goes, who are you? And then Luffy goes, I'm going to be the next king of pirates. No, like, reaction. No eye shot reaction. You know, that's, that's the... That's like a like a trope with like Japanese media where you have to have like the reaction shot before the action. In this case, there was no reaction shot. Luffy just goes, I'm asking the pirates immediately. Kaido, fire blast or Blair breath. I forgot what he calls it. I love um, that. No hesitation. Like, man of action. Love that about this the, guy. The impression I get from that scene is Kaido like, ah, bitch, you like this fucking rookie just killed my buzz. <laughs> yep. just, or, like or, or in his case, this child thinks he's hot shit i'll show yeah, you hot shit yeah. motherfucker <laughs> but without even saying it right because like he's no cocky nonsense. little little shits you know like yeah. always trying to come at me exactly so let me show you some something um and then that's when luffy starts retaliating right kaido's back in his human form he's on the back ropes or so you think luffy is even like you know after he stops like he's getting ready right for a counter right he's getting ready but then kaido just looks back up and next panel, there's no setup or nothing. Insane speed and like an electric crack that we've seen like back at Dress Rosa, where like uh, Luffy and the guy with the big head, I forgot, when they clash with armaments, they clash with, they clash with hockey, you have that like, like, yeah. electricity spark. You see that exact same effect, but Kaido just did that with a fucking club, knocks out Luffy, one shot. That, that's a G- clash of conquerors, my friend. Yeah. Not but just armaments. Conquerors. Of conquerors. Unfortunately, it's hard to call Luffy a conqueror in this case because he, gets he got smacked. one-shotted GGEZ no re. Okay. <laughs> he just mm-hmm. one-shots him. But then he turns around, Kaido does, and just goes, What king was that, boy? And I'm just like, Oh! <laughs> Riley, you're going to be the king, king of what? You said you said you're King of right? what, dude? So right away, Kaido is jumping up to like my one of my favorite villains. Just like no nonsense, quick one-liners. He's a drunken, wrathful emperor, but he just knows what lines to say. Of just like, what king was that boy? <laughs> and yeah. he calls him he, he, again. His and I love that consistency too, where he lo- he calls his enemies children, boys, girls. Like they're nothing, right? You're just children in the grand scheme of things. You're nothing to me. I'm a, I'm a god. I'm a deity, you know? The Fire Festival is about me being your god. And you're trying to challenge me with that weak shit? But then we get that reveal that uh, kind of didn't know Luffy completely. Because when Luffy, like, instinctively, he still had his Supreme King hockey active. The officers around him that are trying to apprehend him, like, just go bleh, Like, they get, they get foam in the mouth and fall over. And then kind of goes, oh, he's actually a Supreme King. Well, we can't have that around here. Um... And then he mentions that we're going to break this guy like a horse. We're going to break him. He'll be an excellent soldier to my army. And I'm just thinking like, oh, God, that power gap. He thinks Luffy is a soldier. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. That could also explain why there's 130 chapters of Wano to go. Because, yeah, Kaido is the real deal. And on top of that, we have to worry about Big Mom and her crew showing up, too, later on. Oh, Potentially, yeah, that's still looming. That's still living, yeah. They they wouldn't have referred to it a lot if that wasn't going to be the case. So I'm still thinking, hopeful, that, yeah, at some point, Big Mom and her crew are going to show up. Um, but yeah, Luffy is captured by Kaido. Um, still so angry, even in, when he's unconscious, right? He's still glaring at Kaido, even though he's not there. <laughs> but Kaido definitely has a plan where it's like, no, we're going to break him. 
he's going to be a, a slave laborer in the factory. He'll be a soldier one day. And I think that's what they're implying, right? Uh, working in the factories yeah. or, or maybe like an arena. I don't know. But I thought it was factories because after that, they showed the slave labor scene I mentioned earlier where like, you know, the, the people from Lethor's town are forced to work in the steel mill. Um, but then we get this interesting uh, transition where <laughs> before the final chapter, I think, where you just get the oh, sorry, I think this is the beginning of the last chapter. Where you get like the right. straw hat, you get, you get Frankie, Robin, Usopp reacting to the news, going eh. <laughs> just oh, was... that's not what I thought you were talking about. But I <laughs> oh, do no. love, I love Robin especially making that face. Yes, but, yeah. So in the manga, the first thing you see is Frankie's face, and you just go, yeah, okay, that's just Frankie being goofy. Mm-hmm. But then you turn the page, you see Robin doing it too, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, all right, in so Dress good. Rosa, they also made those three. Uh, they also they also had the reaction faces. When they're reacting to Leo's story back at Dress Rosa, so it's almost like this trio is the the com- the comic reaction faces when they uh, react to the same news. They will have the same face. This trio in particular of the Straw Hats, Frankie, Usopp, Robin. <laughs> it's great because you don't think Robin would do it. Yeah, I still haven't forgiven her for not being a part of the 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 robot transformation in Thriller Bark. I still haven't forgiven her for that. By the I, way, I believe in my heart that before the series <laughs> is over, she'll have a chance to redeem herself. <laughs> Hopefully, and, just, and she will. Just so. hope, just hopefully, because I know she has a soft spot for cute stuff, right? Like like the little uh, salamander back at uh, Zunisha, or the little right. dragon. But for robots, she's like, no, I'm. I'm too cool for it. I'm not cringe. <laughs> Don't post cringe. <laughs> but yeah, so that little transition to the parade of Luffy being bandaged up, looking actually intimidating, by the way. He's bandaged up. He's angry as fuck. They're parading him through the town. And um, we get witnessed to apparently a mysterious figure locked behind a cage who's only fed poisonous fish, but don't feed him bones. Why? If you give him bones, he's going to use it like a fucking projectile and kill one of you. And he does literally just that when someone's like uh, trying to like, you know, berate Luffy or even attack him. I forget. Yeah, which. It's the Kappa, right? They say. Uh, I don't know if they say the name of the or thing. Could they say a creature, demon, something. They basically say creature. Yeah, they only show their eyes in the shadows. Um, and that's it. And then that, they just through the projectile. But then we see Luffy thrown into a prison cell. And we just happens to be right next to the previous prisoner, Kid, the other super rookie. And they both go, I'm going to get Kaido for this. And then they both go, huh? Right? The name of the, the, name of the <laughs> chapter. And then, like, very classical, just the curtains are literally closing. Someone's playing, uh, what's that? It's not the guitar. It's the Japanese variant of that. It's like a... Um, it's not a, a koto, but it's close. I think so, because it's someone playing, like, I'll just say the Koto. They're playing the Koto, and then the curtains are closing, and then it says, Wano, Act 1, End. And I'm just like, oh, it's theatrical. It's very classical. Like, Oda's going I, all I think it's called, that. I think the the version that she's actually playing is a Shamisen. But don't mm. quote me. Okay. But, yeah, regardless, like, again, it's all about the presentation, and Oda's yeah. not holding back on that. So, final thoughts on... Act one, it's a very fun start, though the number of names, locations, plot details, they're almost overwhelming and heavy. Like, there's still the whole gimmick of, like, the time jump thing. Is that going to be, uh, sorry, the, the time fruit for the previous four? Is that going to be a bigger deal, or is that just going to be a perspective 
right? The explanation for the perspective of Kinemon, right? For the theme of the environmental message. There's all these possible different things to lure to the think of. As you can hear, even Justin was struggling a little bit with the names, although I was kind of guilty of that. I'm telling Justin, what's the name of this? What's the name of that? But even he was a little bit like, uh, we can skip that for now. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully as the arc goes on, I won't feel as overwhelmed because it's a great start, but my head hurt going back for the notes for this. Cause I'm just like, who's important here? <laughs> who's this? Who's I that? totally understand that. There's a yeah. lot of name drops. Yeah. So it's incredibly front loaded, but we have a very unique situation now where the captain of the straw hats is captured, like kind of like an impel down, but an impel down, he infiltrated into it first. Right. Where in this case, he failed one shotted by the emperor Kaido. And now we have the situation where he's with the super rookie kid who that's going to be very interesting because kid wanted to kill Shanks. Let's not forget that he had a plan to kill Shanks with Hawkins, right? Was that, was Hawkins a part of that original trio? With Kid? Uh, yeah, it was Kid Hawkins and Apu. Yeah. So we haven't seen the third one yet. Hawkins became, you know, kind of like a Capone, right? Where he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to abdicate for now, right? Capone ended up being a traitor. But Hawkins, we don't know uh, if he's actually loyal or not. But I think he's all about survival because he's always drawing cards going 98 survival percentage, 13% survival rateage. Yeah. So he's probably doing that for now because... Survival yeah, percentage. We, we don't really know what his goal is, but it seems he's not really the the pirate king type, if you will. Oh hell no! I think when things get real and you see a momentum shift, like in a in a battle or like you know as battles go on, I think he'll turn coat easy. He'll, That's he, exactly I, how I feel. I feel if at any point during this arc the favor shifts towards the straw hat side, he's gonna throw his hat in with the straw hats. Yep, and worse. Yeah, or at least just. A run away from the battlefield because maybe he realizes I can't really put my hat in because they don't trust me. Maybe he does some right. horrible shit. Yeah, or or know. dip. If he thinks Kaido's going down, he'll consider that his chance to bounce, probably. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Hawkins, definitely not the yeah, the Pirate King type. You're absolutely right about that. Um, the setting and aesthetics of Wano are fantastic. Um, as I was reading, especially like, you know, like the end panel where it says Act 1 End, you could practically hear the panels, just reading the manga. You can hear the instruments, you can hear the wind, you can smell, right? Even like the, like, you know, the factories, unfortunately. <laughs> but you can like <laughs> hear and smell, like all your senses are being simulated throughout this arc. That's also why it was overwhelming. Because I'm just like, yeah, there's a lot going on here. Um, Not sure what to think about the setup with Momo's team being from the past, because you got that 20 year gap. Maybe that's your perspective differences, like I mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, and then Luffy being captured is going to be a big perspective. The Straw Hats are still not together, so they really can't even get shit done yet until they reunite and come up with a plan to get, uh, kick their, you know, break their captain out of prison. So that might be all of Act 2, for all I know, and that'll be a, an actual jailbreak arc, for all I know. It could be really short, but I don't know what to expect. I'm excited. Only one way to find out. Raffo. Is to continue reading on. And to read Wano Act 2, which we're going to be discussing in our next episode. And it covers chapters 925 to 955. Ooh, twice as long. Good. <laughs> yeah, actually exactly twice as long. 30 chapters for this Act 2. So that means Act 3 is 45 chapters long, right? That's what we all thought. <laughs> <laughs> or 60. Yeah, or 60. Like if you're just doubling from 30. <laughs> that, was, that, that was also possible, we thought. Yeah. 
Yep, and it's still and going we were right. all wrong. <laughs> yeah, so... And so as a reminder, I'm going to read Act 2 and only Act 2, but once we do our episode of Act 2, I will be given permission to read the rest of the chapters Rains and catch are off. up. But... So very shortly, I won't have to say when people are going to want to talk to us, and especially Jacob, about mm-hmm. anything up to Wano. Act 1, currently. <laughs> Where can they mm-hmm. find you? Uh, if you think my opinion of Nami's outfit is dog shit, you can find me at Twitter, at Jacob Miranda on Twitter. That is J-A-C-O-B-M-E-R-E-N-D-A on Twitter. Um, where can they find you, Justin? You can also find me at Twitter. Wait, on Twitter? At Jitsu. J-I-T-S-Z-U. <laughs> they understood it. It was good enough. <laughs> Close enough. Close and enough. if anyone happens to have an Apple or iTunes account, we would really appreciate if you could leave us a review on iTunes. That's where it counts the most as far as our podcast statistics. The same way that Tama reacted to eating that full fruit is how we react whenever we get a review. <laughs> it's great hearing you guys just tears in our eyes going, oh, there are people out there. 100%. Oh, my God. All right. So we'll catch you guys next week one more time when we're reading chapters 925 up to 955 for Wano Act 2 next week. See you then. Later.